Hey folks, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels while losing their minds over their transcendent beauty. This week, we're starting off with a Patreon shout out. Robin J, you are descended from Fauna, the Roman goddess of woodlands, fields, flocks, and fertility, which makes me think there's some freak in there too. Fauna was goddess to all creatures on Earth, And if you've watched Netflix's Absurd Planet documentary, you'll know that's both awe-inspiring and truly hilariously entertaining. Many forget, however, that she was also the goddess of prophecy, and that wisdom has served you and your loved ones well. You can get a shout-out like you just heard, tons of bonus content, virtual hangouts, and more when you visit our Patreon. And now, Aaron and I recap YA romance, The Sky is Everywhere by Jandy Nelson. It's simultaneously a hauntingly sweet, impeccably crafted story about grief, and a time machine that took us back to all the angst and goofiness that was our teenaged existence. Here we go. Hello. Hello. How Aaron? Great. Great. Sleepy. Sleepy. Got it's up very sleepy early. over here. Sleepy. A little yeah, sleepy. Totally. Me too. Mostly because yeah? I stayed up later last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a whole thing. Did you like book? Yeah, I just rem- we didn't talk we didn't talk about having any banter. So, I guess we have none. <laughs> No, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's okay for the podcast to sometimes just start with book. Okay. And then if banter comes to to us throughout, you know, we toss it in. Sure. And then yeah, be fine. Yeah, you know what? It's casual. We don't, it's, we don't need to it's, have This is bands. our thing. We don't need to have chat before yeah. book. I've been watching a lot of Love Island. I need Ooh, you to bands. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I hear um, that. Yeah. I loved book. Listen. <gasps> Loved book. I loved book, despite, and let me read you a list of things I hate. Oh! <laughs> Wait, then, can I just tell them what the book is about real quick? Yes, one, sure. A one-line thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, listen. Mm-hmm. This book is about the new musical kid at school and of a very <laughs> deeply grieving litter bug. <laughs> Literally Those is are- on my list of things I hate. <laughs> Hey, listen, this is if, like, remember Raise Your Voice? Like, if Raise Your Voice was good and had a dead sister, that's what this Ooh, book is. You're remember right. Remember that movie? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Things that I don't like to read about. Number one, <laughs> teens. I don't Ooh. like them. I don't teens. want them. I don't like teens. But, you know, it did occur to me, we've only done, like, what, three YA books, and none yeah. of them have been good. So I'm really happy to do a good YA book on the this podcast. This is one of the most beautifully written books I've ever read, ever read. in my yeah. entire life. Yes. Mm-hmm. This thing Gorgeous. was so lyrical and Visceral. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, it just like shredded you like, down to the inside. Yes, 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 yes. And, yes, they, yes. and the descriptions always seem to come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I think the sentence was going one way, and then it would be like a balloon when I thought she was going to make a make a, a comparison to a lion or something. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. always out of nowhere, and it was so gorgeous. But yeah, beautiful. there's a lot of teens in yeah, this they YA are book. All weird. 
Teens. Okay, so number one, <laughs> teens. Don't like it. Hip, cool names. Don't like them. I don't like a hip Ooh. name. I like a cumbersome, okay. normal name. Don't. <laughs> I don't. You remember, remember, uh, remember Tatum? Like, I just, you know, guys, like, just hip names, you know? This girl's yeah. name is Lennon after John Lennon. Cool it. Cool it, guys. You know? <laughs> All right. Number three, hippies. Hate them. Hate those hippies. Erin hates a hippie. I hate a hippie. <laughs> she uh, can't handle a hippie. <laughs> um, anything that is twee or quirky for quirkiness sake. Yes. Erin hates that. A lot of that. A lot of that in this book. Music slash specifically jazz. Don't get it. Don't Ooh. like it. Don't want it. <laughs> um, and then the last one is littering. God littering. damn the littering. <laughs> God damn this girl. Especially for like living in super crunchy Northern California with a hippie fucking grandmother. What Stop is she doing? Depositing your to-go cups all over town, ma'am. Stop it. Stop it. Like, honestly, the end was relieving to me just because I knew that litter wasn't out there anymore because it was low-key giving me anxiety the whole book. I mean, same, except I will say I, like, never actually saw a to-go cup in the box. So I'm hoping what he did was, like, transcribe what was on to-go cup and then throw to-go cup away, Well, you assholes. Here's what was giving me a little bit of, like, (laughs) of peace of mind throughout the book is that, so the chapters begin with these little poems that she's writing down on scraps and to-go cups and in found objects and books and things like that. And just leaving them all around town, right? (gasps) But every single one ends with found in, found on, found buried, found under, indicating to me that it was found. And while somebody picked it the fuck up. Yeah. While I believed that it was Joe that was likely finding these items throughout the book, and I thought I I saw that ending coming, I at least knew that if that wasn't the ending, someone was fucking finding these and hopefully depositing, you know, either treasuring them forever in a shoebox under his bed or depositing them in a trash receptacle or a recycling bin, which is where they needed to be. Yes. Yeah. Unless it was a wrapper with a food stuff on it, which does which does happen which does need to go in the trash. And she does do that yeah. sometimes. Yeah. You wanna know what's weird though? What? Throughout the entire book until the ending, I never uh-huh. once even considered who was finding these things. It wasn't even <laughs> like a question that was in my brain. I was just like, ooh, well, poetry. <laughs> you know when okay, guys, we're gonna actually recap the book, I promise. But you know when she finds his diary. And he's talking about how she's, like, so super sad and so super, like... Yes. Honest. Yeah. Honest and, like, really in touch with her feelings and stuff. Heartbroken and stuff. It was like... Well, she has a... Yeah. The only way he would know that is if he was finding these scrap pieces. Yeah. She's just a limp noodle at him in person. So the (laughs) only way he can really be falling in love with her in that way of, like... She's so, so broken and so interesting. She's so in sad. I need to make her feel better with my you know what? penis. Didn't or hate my it. tongue. I loved Didn't it. Didn't hate it. They're 16. Loved it. Melody? They're 17. Okay. <laughs> so Melody. That's, that's one thing. And also, when I was reading this book, it's written so well that I just transported myself back to being 17. Oh, yeah. 
Like, yeah. I, so it, it was never weird for me. Like her sexy feelings, the makeouts, nothing was ever weird for me because I never felt like I was spying on children. I just felt yes. like I was a child. And it was and that's how nice. Bully felt. Bully felt like I was oh. spying on children. And I was like, that I was don't so want it. I don't want to watch no, it. I didn't yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah. And then this book is the first YA book where when they're talking about like, you know how in YA books they're like constantly um, kind of just insufferable about how smart they are all the time. Like, <laughs> oh my, I'm, I'm reading so much Wuthering Heights and I can't, I, you know, like. I could talk I can't... to you for 25 minutes about this. So like, I'm going to let you talk, but then I need okay. the floor. Okay. I, <laughs> okay. I consider me Taylor Swift in this moment, Kanye. Okay. All right. So <laughs> she's reading Wuthering Heights. Her friend is like talking about how she couldn't be with somebody who hasn't read. I think, I think Sartre or Nietzsche. Yeah. Or, yeah, Sartre, no, or Nietzsche, Sartre, you yeah. assholes who are going to – don't fucking at me <laughs> with fucking existentialists and stuff. But anyway, yeah, they're all talking about – I don't care about, about how existentialists don't. pronounce their names. You know what? And frankly, they don't care either. No, they right. did. I went to school, okay? <laughs> I did it. I got the grades, okay? So, like, just leave me alone now. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, they're always talking about that stuff. Like, they're very mm. smart and very scholarly. And it's always annoyed me in other books. And it started to annoy me in this book. And then I thought, well, fuck, that's how I was when I was yeah. 17, yep. though. And yep. they kind of get over themselves by the end. The mm-hmm. friend does, for sure. And she does, too. Um, yeah. But, like, this whole, like, we're walking and reading and, like, all that stuff. I was just like, ugh. But then I was like, that's how teens are, you know? I still walk and read. Oh, God, no. Yeah, but you're also, like, quirky and twee. You're the only thing I like that is. <laughs> I'm not twee. I'm just <laughs> cute. I don't do it for cute's sake, Erin. I am just naturally a fucking adorable. <laughs> okay. But I do still walk and read. Uh I less now because audiobooks have come into my life more and because I don't have a commute anymore. So Mm. I walk and read less, but like I am a walker and reader. Listen. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. How many times have you read Wuthering Heights? Oh, God. Okay. So I'm going to say some things that are probably going to be divisive and... I'm sorry. I, I just don't read care. a list of things I hate that included teens. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. No, no, I'm not going to be fine. And I, listen, listener, if this is mm. you, mm. I'm not judging you. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's my feelings on the archetype, especially the literary archetype. Mm. Okay. Because this is a literary archetype. Like teen girl who is obsessed with one classic, usually a super fucking tragic one. Like, I don't have time for book snobs in any part of my life, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as a romance reader, like, I read other shit other than romance, but as as an out loud and proud romance reader, book snobs just get on my fucking nerves because I'm always being judged. I don't judge you for what you read. And, like... Mm -hmm. What I what I cannot stand about this archetype, she's read Wuthering Heights 23 fucking times, is like, I understand waking up and choosing violence. <laughs> I don't understand waking up and choosing sadness. I don't get it. 
I don't <laughs> understand waking up and choosing the story in which these two are like totally freaking in love with each other. And then one of them just like goes and marries a different dude because no reasons. Like I can't fucking stand it. So between that and then like, like the beautiful blonde surfer, but then goth because she read an existentialist text one time. Mm-hmm. Get over yourself. That that's how teens But then are. they do. I know. I know. I know. I know. And then, but they, then do they do get over themselves. It's so and great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It really, 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 really is. In fact, this book is so great that she and her grandmother cathartically hack up Wuthering Heights with yes. garden shears. It was oh. cathartic for all of us. For all of us. I was so happy, Erin. Uh-huh. I just, oh. So anyway, they're very much, and and you know what? It's not even, it's not even just like teen girls, right? Because I can't stand this sort of behavior in anybody. Like, mm-hmm. Like anybody who's like, oh, I couldn't be with someone if they haven't read these classics or like Mm -hmm. I couldn't be with someone if they don't understand the movie High Fidelity or like whatever. (laughs) It's like it's like that's not real life. And you're just choosing to have these weird standards that like that close you off to any Mm -hmm. good experiences you could listen. Mm -hmm. It's fine. They get over themselves. And I love it. And I think part of that theme, this might be just something I'm putting on to the book that isn't mm. isn't in it. This might be Aaron sure. projecting. I don't know. But I feel like a lot of that is like teens gravitate toward that kind of stuff. Like this whole like suffering is beautiful. Like totally. I'm a I'm a dark hearted person and like you can understand me, me angst. Oh. Yeah. Until something truly horrible yes. happens to you. Yes. And then you realize, oh None of this is a, you know, like, this isn't beautiful at all. Like, this fetishizing this stuff is not fun. Like, real tragedy sucks and is bad. And, you know, like, I feel like that's part of it is, like, letting go No, I think absolutely. Yeah. Seeing what actually matters. Because because that's honestly, like, I, I understand more the people who are like, I'm, you know, I love a traditional, original Pride and Prejudice, or like, I love a this or that. It's Wuthering Heights in particular, where you're fetishizing two people who are so privileged and so just have it all and are just choosing to live in despair and create Mm -hmm. problems for themselves because they don't know what real problems are. Mm -hmm. That's what I can't really stand. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I think you're completely, completely right. Because let's get into it. So the book opens up. Our heroine, Lenny, she's 17, and like a couple of months ago, her- Four weeks ago. Four weeks ago, her 19-year-old sister just dropped dead of a heart arrhythmia. Out of nowhere, no no warning, no nothing. She was uh, rehearsing her role as Juliet in the community theater production of Romeo and Juliet, and then she was fucking dead. So- Her family is obviously reeling. She lives with her grandmother and her uncle because her mom fucked off when she was one. And the book opens up because this is like an adorably hippie family. And they Mm -hmm. have decided that this houseplant like is Lenny in plant form and it follows the course of her life. And they're worried 
because the plant is super dying and they don't Mm. know how to fix it. And they think that this is a direct correlation with what's happening with Lenny the girl. Mm-hmm. Who's just sad because her sister died. Like her sister has done died. <laughs> there doesn't need to be a plant mystery, <laughs> but I understand why people need to project onto items. Oh, completely. So the grandmother is like a quirky painter who only paints like women wearing green, and the uncle is like a quirky like pothead who sleeps with all the women in town. Who's like also oh, an arborist. He's a tree stump Todd. He yeah, he's a tr- I was gonna say a tree trunk Tommy, and that's not even close. Tree trunk Tommy is not even close. It's tree stump what was Todd. His name? It's tree stump Todd or tree Tammy. stump Todd, yeah, and or Tracy. Tiffany. Tracy. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Remembering things in 2021. Anyway, he's tree stumps big, and he mm-hmm. um his name is big, and he dates all the ladies in town and like fucks them in trees i guess yeah kind of. don't um, hate and it then he does he's got this crazy beaver mustache yeah so i guess his like arborist salary is what is supporting their whole deal <laughs> i don't know or like does the grandmother actually consult about flowers i don't know i don't know does she sell paintings i'm not sure what we do know is that they are a very privileged northern california family yes. and she is going to a special fancy art school Right. Yeah. Yeah. Probs. Probs. Yeah. Well, she says she goes to the kind of school where there's like optional meditation in the morning and blah, 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 blah. And like so no football team and stuff. It's yeah. like a special type of school. Fair enough. All right. So, so she's about to go back to school for the first time. And she is, well, she's miserable. She's having mm-hmm. a really hard time. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. completely understandable. And I... I had a hard time taking notes for this book because every single time I highlighted a line to share it, like I had mm-hmm. highlighted three quarters of the book because yeah, the whole book is highlighted. It's it's just so fucking gorgeous. Anyway, so she goes to school and there's a new kid in town. New, He's boy. A new boy. He's from. He's a musical Paris. genius. He's the very French, tall. This, this book is actually He's, set in French times. <laughs> France very, he's very France. He has been, yeah. you guys, it's it's everything that a young adult oh. teen boy hero is. He's yes. France. He's music. He's dark, <laughs> floppy hair. He's, he's bat bat eyelashes. Bat, bat he's got bat. so much eyelashes. He's so mysterious and he's so new at school. And yet he's so open that like when he smiles, it lights up the earth. Like, mm-hmm. he's got this oh, yeah. animated face, even though he is also an enigma, which mm-hmm. was really hard to pull off, and yet she nailed it. She nailed it. So he kind of, like, talks to her the first day. Well, they go, she, she goes into honor band, and yes, he is sitting band. in her seat, okay? Oh, because yeah. she is mm-hmm. second chair fucking clarinet. Yes. Uh-huh. She did blow that audition last year because, listen, I'm not going to remember exactly when it happened, so I'm just going to tell you right now. One mm-hmm. time, her sister Bailey... And her boyfriend, Toby, and oh, Lenny were talking who's about... Who's our heroine, Lenny. Who's our heroine. They were talking about racehorses and how thoroughbred racehorses have companion ponies. And Lenny in that moment said, oh my god, Bailey's the racehorse. I'm the companion pony. Mm-hmm. And then she sort of just like 
cross-applied that to the rest of her life. And she was like, well, companion ponies can't do solos. How could I? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How could I be the first chair? I am just a companion pony. Look at me. In comparison to my sister, I just sleepwalk through life and I'm the plain sister and she's the brash sister and I'm the Wuthering Heights sister. And so that sister's not first chair clarinet. Here's the thing. Yeah. I get, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of get blowing your chair audition. Me too. Because like, (laughs) I was second chair flute pretty much my whole, listen, I was second chair flute. I also, you know this story, I also tried to play other instruments to chase boys around the band to sit next to different boys. (laughs) Like you do. Uh Uh-huh. I've told this story on the show before. But I distinctly, the girl who was first chair flute, her whole identity was flute. Like she was flute. That's all she was. Um, I shouldn't say that's mean, but she was mean. But anyway, she was very <laughs> flute. Okay. Sure. And I, like, there were some times where I was like, I think I could be first chair flute. But I didn't want to lose. And I didn't want to, I didn't yeah. really want to be first. I didn't want, because it's like, if you're first chair, then they keep coming for you, you know? Always. And so if you lose, it's humiliating. If you get it, she's never going to fucking stop challenging you. It's going to be your never. whole life is like mm-hmm. meeting those first chair challenges. I didn't I didn't want that. And the solos are nerve-wracking too. Like she's right. The solos are scary. It's a Absolutely. whole thing. You're worried yeah. you're going to faceplant. I get it. Mm-hmm. Got to tune a piccolo every day. Fuck that, you know? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's true. I didn't know where a piccolo came from in that whole thing, but I like it. Well, usually the first chair also plays a piccolo. Flute? Mm-hmm. The flautist also plays a piccolo? It's the same instrument. It's just shorter. It's like a soprano uh, clarinet versus a baritone clarinet versus a bass, you know, whatever. Oh, my my school was so country. We didn't have band. So I have literally no idea what you're talking about because I am an uncultured swine. For someone who doesn't listen to music, I was in concert band, (laughs) symphonic band, (laughs) jazz band, marching band, and pep band. Wow. Did you just play a different instrument? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't in jazz band. You really loved those jazz band boys, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're so hot. Jazz band boys. Yeah. Mm. Soulful, I've heard. Yep. Anyway. Okay, sorry. So she goes in there and Rachel's being a fucking bitch. Rachel's the first chair. And she's like, oh, well. um, Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass.
while you were gone, Joe just came in and he was fabulous in your seat. And Joe's mm-hmm. like, no, I really just like played the notes I had to. And I was just keeping the seat warm. Like, I'm going to go back to trumpet section because I'm a horn guy. And he's like Mr. Sunshine. And Lenny's very like, oh, wow, he's he's like lighting up my whole insides every time mm-hmm. he smiles at me. Well, she talks about how, like, since her sister died, she's been crazy horny. And she yes. doesn't know what to do. She has yeah. not been horny up until sister died. And then right. suddenly at sister funeral, when all of the boys at sister funeral were looking at her with with their big, sad, caring eyes, she was just mm-hmm. like, I want to have sex with all the boys at my sister's funeral for the first time ever. I, I want yeah. to do sex. And this is really... An unfortunate time to start being super horny all the time. I, uh, I grief totally does weird get it. shit, and I relate. Yes, <laughs> I get it one hundred percent. Understand yeah. it. Yeah, from so many different angles. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You just want to feel something. Mm-hmm. You want to something not this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to just like immerse yourself in something the fuck else, preferably awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I feel like with her in particular, it's the first time, it's the first time she's felt like people who she could be romantically interested in are giving her attention. Absolutely, that's what I was on a voluntary basis. Yeah, it's probably the first time she felt these boys looking at her. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, Ooh, that's a heady combo, mm-hmm. you know? That's rough. <laughs> so, so she's just, like, constantly wet. And I know that's weird for me to say about a 17-year-old, but please remember. Please, please be remember, careful. I just transported myself back to being 17. That's what I did. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, like, nobody can come for me. I am talking about myself. So... Then Rachel's like, wow, I'll miss you. And Joe looks at her and he's like, oh, we'll meet again. But then Lenny sees that he gives her the exact same drop dead gorgeous smile. And she's like, mm-hmm. now I have turned into a husk and mm-hmm. I hate the world mm-hmm. because that smile was not special for me. No. So then what happens? Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, I have I have notes that start at chapter 10 and end at chapter 29. <laughs> So, oh, I know what happens. So she goes home. <laughs> so she goes home and um, uh-huh. Toby is laying in her Graham's garden. Oh, right. She does take a garden nap with Toby. So Toby, to- listen, I also really, really, really understand this. One time I had a landscaping summer job <laughs> and there were a total of two times where I went under a bush to like weed and prune and stuff. And it was just like so hot and so shady and so peaceful <laughs> that I just fell asleep. Like I had to mm-hmm. tell my boss, like I did take an hour nap. So you may not pay me for that hour. I'm so sorry. So anyway, he is there And he was going to do some weeding for Graham because Graham keeps on trying to reach out to him because he is also bereaved right now. Mm -hmm. Like, his girlfriend is super unexpectedly dead. But he did fall asleep. And so she comes up and he says, hey, you, which I don't know that I loved just off the bat. No, it's fine. And then... um, What's that? What's that about? Because... No, listen. It's because... It's because of the way she says he related to her before Bailey died. She says that that Toby has always seen her as, like, basically, like, she's as interesting as a baked potato. Mm-hmm. And yet, then, all of a sudden, 
He's looking for somebody to connect with. I get it. And now we're on a hey you basis. I just mm. felt like maybe cool it a tiny bit, Toby. Like slow roll <laughs> it a little bit more. All right. Okay. Anyway, they start talking about how devastated they are. Mm-hmm. And they realize in that moment, because she's 17 and he's 19, that they must be the only two people on the planet who understand the loss that has just yes. happened to her entire family. Uh-huh. He says, like, I've never seen sisters so close. I don't know how you're dealing with this. And she's very like, you turned my sister into a love zombie. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you're dealing with it. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's now, but I'm. Listen, at some point, she finds out that he did propose to Bailey. No, it's not this one. It's not now. Okay, This is where they talk about how she's not going to pack up her stuff. She has this thing. She calls it the sanctum where she goes into, like, Bailey's area in the house and, like, hangs out in her closet and, like, smells her clothes and, like, touches all her stuff. Get it. And she's like, I'm not I'm not ever going to pack that stuff up because Graham, her grandmother has been kind of on her to go through all that stuff. And he's just like, yeah, why would you never, never go through that, that is, stuff? We're teens. Yeah. The world is infinite. Like, we never have to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, but also, that's it's only been four weeks. Like, get off her nuts a little bit, Graham. Yeah, I agree, Graham. Yeah. It's been four weeks. Stop telling her to get over it and talk to you. It's been four weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's like, oh, my gosh, nobody ever, nobody understood me until this moment. And then he's like, all right, well, I should shuffle off the buffalo and head back to my house. He's a very, he's a cowboy. He's a ranch cowboy. But he's a skater ranch cowboy. A skater boy? Like a skateboard ranch cowboy. Yeah, (laughs) listen. just, what a potent mixture when you're 17. With with floppy surfer hair. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I understand, Bailey. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he leaves and then, um, so we get another poem and then she's hiding at lunch and she's hiding in a tree. Well, this is after. So Joe Fontaine has his big trumpet solo, which oh my makes God. her more wetter than anything ever has. You guys, a trumpet solo. That's how bad she's got it for Joe Fontaine, the new guy. <laughs> she's really into this trumpet solo. Woo. She writes like many trumpet solo poems. Like, oh yeah, a lot. Listen, about trumpet solo. I I am a person who is also attracted to talent and passion, and so it really doesn't matter what you're talented at or passionate about. If you put those two things together, it could be like you're passionate about stick bugs and you're really good at keeping them alive. If you put that <laughs> fervor behind your eyes, I'm probably going to want to do you right up. Fair Who enough. knows? Anyway, no, but she says that, like, it's not only her. It's everybody. They've been right. bowled over. Everybody's, like, on the ground. And he's he's blown all the water out of the river. And, like, it's a, it's a whole thing. And he's all sheepish about it. And she's very, like, ooh, I'm mooning into your eyeballs. And she, like, looks <laughs> over her shoulder. And then Rachel, and then he, like, quirks an eyebrow and smiles at her. And Rachel says, get off my turf. That yeah. trumpeter is he's out of your for. league. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. Out oh, of yeah. your league. Yeah. I think the first thing she says is that he's accounted for, and the si- yeah. then later she says he's out of her league. <laughs> I forgot that first time she hung out with Toby, he got a boner. Remember? Mm. I completely I forgot about forgot. that boner. How did we forget about our notes a boner, aren't great. Aaron. We're sorry. Our notes aren't great. He did get a boner when he hugged her, and she freaked out and ran into the house. So As- now. 
also understandable. But now After she can't she stop is, thinking about that boner. She, boner, 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 boner. It's like constantly in her Hard head. Hard on. So Woody. <laughs> boner, 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 which I completely get. So yes. then post Joe's trumpet solo, she goes home and then Tony Toby comes over. In like a pebble on the room. window sort of way. And gum, comes into a room and like wants to hang out. And all she thinks about is like boner, 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 boner. 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 He has sister's boner. boyfriend, boner, boner. And she is wearing her dead sister's clothes at this time, I believe. Yeah, probably. Oh, she takes the clothes off. She's been putting on Bailey's clothes over her clothes to mm-hmm. like feel closer to her. She takes it off before he gets there. So he doesn't see. But they sit in her closet. And this is when he reveals to her that he proposed, that she said yes, and that they Mm -hmm. were going to tell the whole family the next week. And Lenny is floored because she feels like her sister didn't tell her. Yeah, her sister didn't tell her. And she feels like it doesn't line up with her conception of what Bailey wanted. Because she's like, what about her acting? She really wanted to go to Juilliard. There's a section where she remembers Bailey getting the rejection letter from Juilliard and being like, oh, I guess you're stuck with me and like throwing herself Mm -hmm. into Toby's arms. And it says like as if she doesn't care. Mm -hmm. But she's like, oh, wow, she's covering up so much pain because of course she cares. This has been her lifelong dream. Right. And so she's like, what about her acting and stuff? Mm -hmm. And Toby was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She was acting. Mm-hmm. She like, was in the community theater production of Romeo and Juliet when she died. Yeah, that's literally where her she was. <laughs> and and Lenny's very like, oh, was she? <laughs> <laughs> but, but she also doesn't they say go that. into how her how Bailey and Toby met, which is nuts to me. Nuts! I so, love it though. I love it Bailey so hard. Is walking around on a city street. Correct? Yeah. Reading mm-hmm. like Water for Chocolate, That's which is one. curiously a book we've discussed already on this we show have. several times. <laughs> However, I think it's kind of a good book for her to be obsessed with. Agreed. Because it is about a guy who gets with the sister of the girl that he's in love with uh-huh. just to become closer to that girl that he's actually in love with. So like weird. Weird stuff. Yeah. Good yeah. work. Good stuff. So she's she's rereading her favorite book that she's read a thousand times, like oh, Water God. for Chocolate, which is also oh, yeah. torture porn. Like, stop it. Yeah. Um, don't read that twice. Maybe ever. choose joy. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Choose choose joy. And then, okay, so then Toby comes clopping in on a horse. Um, And when I say He's horse... He's doing a trot right by. Yeah. I don't mean... A knight in shining armor horse that oh, it's a is one horse. that you can climb inside and drive from the inside with a steering wheel. Do you recall? I don't know if you remember <laughs> I do, that. I joke. do recall that. I do. I mean, an actual fucking horse, like down a the street horse with the chestnut manes yeah. and just clippity clopping right down. And she's like, I have He's, seen the most beautiful man who's ever existed in the world. And Lenny's very like, what the fuck are you talking who are, about? I saw the horse. I didn't see anyone else. <laughs> yeah. <so funny. laughs> horse girl, anyway, he unite. comes back around and she like drops her book and she's like, I knew you'd come back. And he's probably wait, like, wait, who whoa, is this whoa, bitch? Whoa. What's he up? He comes back on a skateboard this time, Aaron. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> Man, he's such a cowboy slash skateboarder. <laughs> I know. I know, I love it. And meanwhile, she has like posted up on a boulder 
And she's uh-huh. like pretending to read like water oh for God. chocolate, watching him dick that sister right down. And Such then a mood. Skater Boy. Such a mood. I know. She's like lounging all sexily. And uh-huh. then Skater Boy comes up and she's like, I knew you'd come back. And like they're basically together from then on. Yeah. So then they like start talking about how much they miss Bailey and they have like this kind of Ooh. Are they drinking tequila in this one? He I think they are. Tequila. He brings They're a drinking tequila. a little bit of tequila. She's trying it for the first time and they do get a little tipsers and they do and, they and are, he like does a touch on her cheek and looks into yeah. her eyeballs because she's like I wish I wasn't the one who was here and he's like no you're no. amazing and Bailey would never want you to feel can't like stop that. thinking about you so beautiful you younger sister and so then he then gets he, up and get goes and sits on Bailey's bed oh, yeah and oh, looks yeah. at her all longingly and so then she gets up and totters over there because let's recall yeah. she's had tequila for the first mm-hmm. time in her fucking mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. she totters over there and sits down and he's like I just want to be close to you mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. they lay down and they do a spoon in the dead sister's bed until morning times no they make out they make out no no really yes <gasps> they make out you're right yes, and then they, they go do, do make the spoon out. Oh, yes. I hate it you're beautiful Lynn no, no I say and choke out one word Bailey I know he says but he kisses me anyway I can't <gasps> help it he whispers it right into my mouth, and I can't help it either. Yeah, and then and then he gets up to like put distance between them, but then he does the yeah. longing look, and then they do the spoon until morning. And listen, as much as I got it, this was such this was such a cringe. The whole like this plot line. I know, was but it's supposed to be. It's supposed cringe. to be a cringe, and it's supposed to be a romance, and it's. I I just ah, I totally got it. And I yes, totally I was, was just like, I was stop. just as mixed up as she was. Oh god. She's I was like, so of mixed course. Up. Like, of course she can't resist it. But also. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, so I, anyway. <sighs> now there's a tree. You know, I really thought that this book was gonna be like he had really been in love with Len the whole time, or he was like about to break up with sister Ugh. or something. You know, like those. Yeah. Like, like the 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 dive from Schmirschmer Pier. Remember that that one? I don't yeah, know. If, yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big one for a while. That where it's like, oh, they were like gonna break up and then the person died. And it's like, oh, yeah. what do you do? You know? Or even um um whatchamacallit? Lesbians in World War II. What was that book called that we <gasps> yes. read? Yes. You know, yeah. where it kind of like the plain gives times. you this tacit permission. Yes. You know, so when he was like, I proposed to her, I was like, mm, and she said no. Like every time this kind of got set up or he later on when he's like, I have a secret that I have to tell you. And I was like, yeah, she fucking broke up with you, bro. And that's what makes <laughs> this okay. And it never gets okay. It no, only gets Shandy, worse. Miss <laughs> Nelson. Miss wow. Nelson. Wow, you. You, you did made it. some great choices in this book. And this was chief among them, maybe. Yes. God, it was so good, good because it, it yes. was never, you're right, it was never okay. And yet, as a reader, you were just as twisted up as she was mm-hmm. about how it just had to keep happening. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't figure out why. Ugh. Okay, so now she is hiding in that tree, if you'll recall. Yes. And there's like a, a <laughs> down on the ground. <laughs> and she's like, oh no! <laughs> and... It's new boy. It's Joe Fontaine. What? It's the new boy. The what? hot new boy. What? No. <laughs> and so he 
he's like, he like oh, whoa. There you there? are. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, oh, no, I wasn't following you at all. It's just, what yeah. What are woods? Look at them. <laughs> I'm here now and I'm, I'm figuring out woods for the first time in my life. And she's like, all right, weirdo. <laughs> Why don't you just come up? And so he does bound up there like like an eager gazelle. And they do a big banter about, you know, lunch. And how well, he says she's he wants to play weirdo. with her. He would like this is this is so this is so, this is so fine arts high school. Oh. He wants to play music with her. Do you want to play together sometime? Do you want to do like a clarinet trumpet? improv jazz like I'm or just like, like a <laughs> clarinet guitar situation <laughs> with me there is nothing i would like to listen to less than two <laughs> high schoolers who think they're brilliant at music <laughs> one on a clarinet and one on a trumpet trying to improv some jazz together improv is- into each other's pants just like oh, no, oh yeah, while no. secretly pining for each other. I can't. Oh. <laughs> and I mean, yet, good for them, but whoa, do no, I not want to watch that? I was that. sitting there the whole time, being like, "Oh my god, play beautiful music to together, play with her, do it, Lenny." Wow, this is where he starts calling her John Lennon, which is like a cute nickname, but like it's also why she's named Lennon. So I right. didn't ever find it that cute. I was like, yep, that's her full name. Like, I don't really... Yeah, okay. that was... That's the homage. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, it. You thought of it, Joe. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she's like, no, I don't, I don't want to play with you. And he's like, why? And she's like, I just don't, okay? And he's like, fine. It wasn't my idea anyway. And he jumps down and scampers off. And she's like, wait. He's such a mystery. Yeah. Whose idea was it? So mysterious. Oh, no. Hey, HBs. Did you devour those Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure books in elementary school the same way I did? Well, steamy romance author Isabel Peterson has created something. Oh, boy. It's July, folks. That means new Bonkers Book Club selections. And let me tell you, our cup runneth over. First, there's a historical smorgasbord. You get the entire box set of Nicola Davidson's Surrey SFS series. If you're not familiar, that stands for Sexual Freedom Society. This box set includes five ridiculously spicy historicals with a variety of gender pairings and trios, and so much more that makes my heart sing. Then, Jenny and Katie are offering up one of their all-time favorites, Brutal Prince by Sophie Lark. That's the mafia book where the heroine accidentally sets the hero's house on fire and then makes sure her mouth is full of strawberries because she knows he's extremely allergic. Best wedding kiss ever, right? And then we decided to do a little bonus. We wanted to see if audiobooks are something you'd like as part of book club. And Kay Lorraine and Meg Ann have a series called The Mate Games. You get to listen to book one, Obsession. It's a paranormal reverse harem that's done with duet narration. And the cast of narrators is insanely good. So, Joybringers have tons to look forward to. If you want to join, 
check out our website. The link is in the show notes. Fun. Her married friend wants to set Penelope up with a guy she's convinced is perfect for her. Should she go on a blind date or hit the clubs? What about the choices after that? Depending on the path you choose, you could be taken down a rabbit hole of friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, a dom-sub relationship. There's even a surprise baby on the table. There's a wide range of romantic adventures, some with happily ever afters, some without. But when you get to the end, you can go back to the beginning, make different choices, and enjoy a different story. The one thing I can promise is Isabel Peterson's signature sizzling bedroom heat. Beta and ARC readers are calling this book beyond fun, super hot, and a game changer. It comes out tomorrow as an Amazon exclusive, so if you have Kindle Unlimited, it will be immediately at your fingertips. If you don't, you can purchase from the link in our show notes. Can I read you the first a paragraph of the next chapter? And I'm reading you this paragraph, listener, so you can understand how fucking good this book was to make me tolerate shit like this. (laughs) I wake to ennui, comma, Sarah's Jeep. (laughs) Blink, 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 bat, bat, bat. Sorry, that's throughout the book. It's like whenever uh, Joe bats his eyelashes, it says bat, 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 bat. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Listen, me, blink, blink, blink. Um, <laughs> Sarah's Jeep is not only named, but is named Ennui. <laughs> and if that, the French, the French word, it's not oh, yeah. Ennui, which no, no, no. honestly it's would be more ennui. funny. That sounds like it's a story. No, this is Ennui. <laughs> <sighs> Honking down the road. It's an ambush. I roll over, look out the window, and see her jump out of her fa- in her favorite black vintage gown. It's the morning. <laughs> Platform combat boots. Back to blonde hair. So she was black. Now we're mm-hmm. back to blonde. Tweaked into a nest, that. which to me means like teased up, and then maybe mm-hmm. it means like a, yeah, teased up. So a ratty nest of blonde hair, cigarette hanging from her blood red lips, and a pancake of ghoulish white makeup. I look at the clock, 7.05 (gasps) a.m. Ma'am! Ma'am. Get it (laughs) together. Get it together! Oof. Uh, Yeah. Also, I, I don't understand being friends with a person who decides to kill themselves slowly because existentialism. Like, Sarah never stops smoking. Yeah, but how many of those friends did we have in college? Did I? Oh, come on. We had friends who smoked, but never because nothing matters in the world. A hundred percent. All right, A hundred percent. Call best Tanya and ask for a list of people that we know that smoked (laughs) because nothing matters in the world. And now we're still smoking and super regret it. Yeah, fair. All right, fine. Because they grew up. Okay, okay, <sighs> all right. Okay, so now they talk about existentialism and French feminism 
and uh, the Bronte sisters and, you know, all those things. Oh, because, <laughs> we... because she wants to find a boy, but only if he can talk about dead French philosophers and the rest of the things that Aaron just said out loud. Yeah. And then um, she roll. tells Sarah that she did smooch Toby, her dead sister's fiance. Correct. And Sarah tries very hard, does a commendable effort at not Doesn't judge, she? but does fail hard, like well, all of us would. It's a hard one. It's a tough. Yeah. A tough. It would be tough. It would be tough <laughs> not to be like, you what? Yeah. <laughs> at the very least, like a. <laughs> and then she tries to be like, well, we didn't have sex. Like, I'm still a virgin. And it's like, that does not matter. That's if, not. That's not, wasn't even on my list of concerns. Yeah, like the fact that you said it honestly makes it (laughs) weird. (laughs) Completely. Completely. Okay, okay, okay. But I do love Sarah because the moment that Bailey died, Sarah started reading books on grief. She was just like, I can do this. I'm going to study this. (laughs) I'm I'm going to be the best, best friend in the whole wide world. And that's why being a virgin comes up, because she's like, no, I mean, grief sex is a thing. And she's like, I mean, we didn't have sex, though. You know, like, we would never, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we never cross that line. All right, now what happens, Erin? Well, we get, like, kind of a chapter of her, of, you know, we learn a little more about the mother and how the grandmother told them that she was an explorer and all this stuff. Her mother took off when they were toddlers, and they've tried to create this, like, kind of lore around, like, oh, women are our family, just, like, take off and wander the world. And, they have you know, a restless gene. Yeah, and, um, you know, really, like, we as adults reading this book know that her mom just took off, and it's... And it's awful. Yeah, but her her grandmother does a really, she tries really, really hard to create a narrative in which they wouldn't vilify their mom in case she ever came back. Mm -hmm. And also that they would never feel like her taking off was their fault. Right. And I feel like if that's the line you're trying to toe, she did a real good job. Right. And, you know, she talks about her sister who did the same thing. Like, she just, like, showed up 20 years later and was, like, suddenly home again. But I also think that it does it does cultivate an unrealistic level of hope in two very small children. Right. Hoping their mom to come back. Anyway. All right. So now it's summer times. Yes. And Joe just starts showing up at their house. Yes. So Big, Big, her uncle Big has always had these experiments with pyramids. I don't even I understand can't. how it happened. You know what? <laughs> I don't know when this was written. We've got to figure out what 2010, year this was 2010. written. I know, 2010. I know, because okay. there are three slurs in here yes. that oh, would good. not I'm glad be you... okay. Yep. So, this is, so, but here's the, here's the other thing, besides the, the three, the three words that Melody mentioned. Um, <laughs> Conspiracy theories and like Illuminati and pyramids Ooh, yeah. and like all of that stuff no longer works as charm on me. When like Hi totally. Uncle Big is making pyramids and like burying bugs underneath them to see if he can resurrect the bugs completely um, due to the special properties of pyramids, it, I understand how that would have been 
quirky and twee yeah, in 2010, yeah. and it is not now. But right I'm, like, now, it's run just away fucking from QAnon. QAnon big. Like, Get I don't out of want here. anything to do with this guy. He's going <laughs> to switch. He's going to go from Maddow to Trump in an instant. Like, yep. <laughs> this guy's yep. going to switch right over from Bernie to Trump, and it's it's going to be bad. Um, yep. And that was kind of like the low-key anxiety I had with this character <laughs> the whole time, which was completely unfounded. This is not your fault, Jandy. This is this is no. This is just fault. the times we live in. Yeah, right this now. Is, this is this, this is, is our baggage of, that of, you yeah. didn't have back then, <laughs> yes. you sweet summer child. This is our trauma, not yours. That's right. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Anyways. he's been doing that, and Joe shows up. And she's very like, oh, my God, everybody hide. Pretend we don't exist. We it's don't live here anymore. Band. I yeah. I can't look at him. He's too beautiful. I can't. He's so gorgeous. He's such, such butterflies. But um, Graham does invite him in. And she's like dying on the inside every single time her quirky family is quirky at him. Yes. But every time she he's looks over. loving it. He is eating it up with a shovel. Uh-huh. He is climbing into the trough to get more family quirk. Yes. And it's kind of adorable. He sees her writing a poem on the sole of her shoe. Oh, my And he's God. like, run out of paper, John Lennon. So, And like, she's like, oh, I majored in dork at college. Uh-huh. That's her inner there's monologue. So many, there's so, so many times in this book where it's like, she's doing something, and then the narrative is like, I jot down a poem and walk away. Like... <laughs> I jot down a poem and throw it into the air. And it's like, and then, you know, the poems are kind of spattered throughout the book. But it's like, man, I have never in my life just like jotted a poem and walked away. Like, if (laughs) if I've ever sat down and written a poem, especially at 17, I sweated. It's an afternoon event. Oh, yeah. It's, (laughs) It's like, clear the house, a poem is coming. Yeah. The artist must think about what to put in her aim away message. She will write the poem now. Like, can you? I just can't imagine jotting a poem at and then like you know, flicking 17. your hair and walking away. <laughs> no walking big deal. Because that's the other thing. Once I actually got a poem down on paper, like every, oh, yeah. it was, it was historical record now i kept Uh it forever like people would have to see it i would have to casually drop the fact that i had like you know just casually written a poem when really it had been four and a half hours of me like going up to get snacks to figure out just the Uh right word (laughs) no like and or or not getting any snacks like no oh yeah i can't can't get any snacks until i can't be distracted until this sweated out comes yeah. out of me. I feel like, or either, either everyone must know poem and see poem. Or no one. Or lock poem in oh. lockbox under the deepest bed, corner of your heart. And then somehow get angry at others for not knowing yeah. the depth of your poem and like your heart. Like, because you're so be, misunderstood. Be mad at the world for being unchanged. <laughs> After poem has been rocked and put into lockbox. How dare. You know? Oh, no, it's too real. It's too real. <laughs> it hurts you, right? It hurt. Dude, I saw this TikTok where Ooh. this girl was, like, talking about, like, POV. You're 11 years old and you're out at the pool, but you're not getting in the water because you want people to think that you're a mermaid. 
Um, but you really want to get in the water, but like you really want people to like talk behind your back about like she wasn't in the water. Is she she a mermaid? Is she a mermaid? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like standing next to the pool, like tucking her hair behind her ear, like, oh, I would get in the water, but I have an affliction. <laughs> like something, something happens. Like and I was like, it's too real. It's too real. It's too real. It's like, shake it off. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, oh my God. Oh God. We are such weird losers. Anyway, yeah. I have a lot of respect for Lenny that she can just litter her poems all around Cloverfield. Yeah. Cloverville. Cloverfield? Even she's a Cloverville. fucking litter bug. No, those are both movies. What is this place called? Clover I Heights. Literally, Clover. no idea. Okay, what fair it's enough. Called. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Clover. Okay. No, you're thinking the name of the school, Clover High. Yeah, where they live, though. Yeah, I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't. Well, know. I just assume they lived in Cloverton. I guess <laughs> Cloverfield. <laughs> the school's Cloverville. All right. Okay. Okay. Wait. So now he's like, "Hey, do you want to play now? Maybe?" And she's like, "Oh, before I lose my nerve, I just say it's not that I don't want to play with you. It's just that." I'm a companion pony. Oh, and they don't do solos. And he's like, <laughs> it's very like that. And he's like, well, uh, you know, every every musician is afraid to face plant. Like that's and she's like in mm-hmm. her in her brain, she's like, No, it's more for me. It's not just nerves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just pedestrian yeah. nerves for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, so good. right, right. I'm I'm different and special. And then she yeah. wants to know who like recommended that they play together. And then it turns out that her like clarinet special tutor is also like his France special tutor and she was trying to like get them together to make beautiful music together Marguerite (laughs) um which is a name I can only think of in terms of ever after and is forever tainted for me anytime there's a Marguerite it is that Marguerite it will never be anyone else that was a bee um okay (laughs) okay so now um she so it's nighttime now and it's is this she's where like she, going so this to is bed where she plays her clarinet for him, right? This no, is where that's she's next like, time. Okay, okay, okay. No, okay. now it's a pebble on the window and a walk in the woods with Toby, and ah, she knows yes. she shouldn't do it, but she's gonna go do it. So yes. they do walk in the woods, and she asks if he feels more alive yeah. after Bailey died, and mm-hmm, he's like, mm-hmm. "I feel more everything, everything. mostly boners." He mostly doesn't say that. So hot for her younger <laughs> sister, who was a baked potato previous to this. Yeah. And, um, oh, he's also been pulling a Bella Swan. He's been doing super <laughs> dangerous skateboard tricks. <laughs> I can't. So, the skateboard tricks he's been doing have been so dangerous. <laughs> This is crazy stuff, man. Crazy skateboard (laughs) tricks. She thinks to herself that like Toby's such a good, such a good skateboarder that he's doing tricks that are like so dangerous that they're probably like really dangerous skateboard tricks. Like you know, like whoa. If Toby thinks they're dangerous, they're probably like crazy dangerous. This isn't just an ollie, you guys. Okay, you're doing kick flips. He's doing. <laughs> Double kick flips. <laughs> it's nuts. Oh man, I I oh loved, shit. I loved. I loved every moment of this book. 
<laughs> I loved it. It was too real. It was so real. Uh-huh. It hit me right where I live. Like, no, Toby, don't do dangerous skateboarding. Don't do it. Bailey would hate that for you. Can you imagine uh. these two 20 years later looking back at this time and just being like, not even like, I regret what we did, you know, how we did make out. No. Just being like, God, we were losers. What idiots. <laughs> <laughs> what dummies. <laughs> anyway, so they go up and they do lay by a, a waterfall. They do. They do. And they talk about how Bailey wanted to get married right in that spot and how Mm -hmm. she and Toby had planned out this whole wedding ceremony. And then she starts crying and then he starts doing a big loom over her face and then they are tearfully making out again. And Mm -hmm. everything about it is a cringe and yet totally understandable. it's also like it's hot too. Like I know. I know. It's weird because you're reading it in her POV and you're just like, gosh, this guy is like really hot skateboard (laughs) cowboy. And like it is just like hormonal and like pheromony, you know, it's very just like there's there's a big need there that you feel when you're reading this book. It's a bewildered need, right? Because like nobody can understand. Yes. They talk about how Bailey is dead a lot, but they All also the talk about how Bailey is mad at them a lot. All and the time. That's that's one of the most beautiful things that's stitched yep. together here because it's very like we shouldn't be doing this to her as if she's alive and he's cheating on her, which yes. is impossible. And also very like she's in a coffin. How do we live with this? And right. I it's oh God, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. So it's good. so gorgeous because it's, I mean, it's it's perfectly woven together mm-hmm. to show, I don't know, just how like fraught this whole thing is for both of them and how confused they are the whole time and how they don't mm-hmm. know which way is up. And yet they do know that they viscerally need their mouths to be mashed together as much as possible. Yes. And oof. It's, it's like, it's like when Claire and... And British soldier, John, mm. they do do that grief bang because they think that Jamie's died at sea. I don't recall. So listen. But I'm very. So Claire and Jamie, you know, long, yeah. long lost. We are talking about Outlander. Lovers. We are in Outlander times right now. As everyone knows, I could not get past <laughs> the first book due to herbs. The, all the herbs. It was a mini Literally. Herbs. For the first time on Heaving Bosoms, literally the herbs are what prevented me yes. from getting to book two. It is what coined the phrase, herbs, herbs, herbs. Yes, yes, it did. But no, in, sorry, everyone, it's a spoiler. I already said it. So if you want to skip ahead and not know the whole context, <laughs> like, please do. But yeah. um, the book's been out for 20 years. So also shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. All right. So they think Jamie's died at sea. And so his wife and the gay man who has been like unrequitedly in absolute heart-wrenching lust with him his whole life and love and all those things they do a big grief bang together because they just like need to feel a person who also loved jamie Mm -hmm. that much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's so real it's so real this is what's happening right now okay so now Joe is now coming every morning. He's just coming. He's bringing croissants. Of course he is. He's so French. <laughs> he's so French times. He's so French. <sighs> um, and he's also always doing experiments with Big's 
pyramids. He's like very he's, into he's bringing. He's bringing this crazed man dead <laughs> bugs to put under his pyramid. And then he decides that like the Lenny plant needs to go under the pyramid to try to resurrect a Lenny plant. Like, yes, there's a whole runner about like exploding cakes. They want to try to oh, make yeah. an exploder cake mm-hmm. due to friction <laughs> of flour because uh, they read about it in like some internet listen science magazine he's really getting in with the family and really is it's pretty great then one day lenny's like you want to go play together because no it's the next day toby calls and she's like have to have to ignore and everybody's like wonder why she didn't answer her phone and she's like should we play with toby yeah let's play play instrument duet (laughs) so they go out to the forest no they go out to their front porch they go out to front porch, I guess. Yeah. And then instead of playing, oh, I love it. I do too. Instead of playing a song with <laughs> her, she basically hot just new goes, friend. She just bleats a crazy anger note into her clarinet. Just, just for like a minute. And then she's like, thank you. And that's my solo. <laughs> so Did you, true. Did like you it? love it? <laughs> Marguerite trained me. So. No, but really what he says is, oh, wow, next time you should lead and I'll follow. Because, like, (laughs) no, she just kind of, like, loses her mind. She hasn't enjoyed playing her clarinet. Um, She's just been kind of going through the motions. And she's, like, really mad and frustrated. So she just plays this Yeah, she just emotes through her instrument. And it's, like, really cathartic. It's gorgeous, objectively beautiful. But it's hilarious. But when you think back on it, it is... hilarious it's so funny <laughs> the fact like the idea that joe didn't just kind of like get weirded out and like, yeah. turn tail and, and like testament walk to away. this boy's french love that's all i have to say <laughs> no okay. i know the boner is strong in this one so <laughs> yes. she so she comes home one day and her gram has enlisted joe and like his brother's to take all the stuff out of their house so that she can decide which thing is unlucky and, like, do a sage mm-hmm. cleansing ritual. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a lot of appropriation. But that's yeah, it's, it's hate We're just hippies. saying it out loud. Huh? Hate hippies. Hate, hate hippies. <laughs> it's I not hate, your culture. It's this kind of stuff. I yeah. Listen, <laughs> let's just... Can we just go to therapy? Like, do we have to listen? I, and it's and it's performative, and I just, uh, you guys, like, it let's is. just let's just talk it out. We don't need to put it's all true. the furniture on the front lawn. Let's just take a breath. All right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, um, while this is all happening, her one of his brothers is like, "Oh man, Joe, you've got it real bad." And Lenny's like, <sighs> she thinks to herself, like, if he's got it real bad. Why hasn't he mashed his face on mine yet? Yeah. Am down. Love a face mash. I don't understand. He's like been acting like my brother. So anyway, she then watches the brothers like be all camaraderie and love each other and stuff. And she does have Mm -hmm. a meltdown where she goes running into the woods. He chases her and she turns around and she shouts at him. You're never, ever going to know my sister. Yeah. And you have so many brothers. <laughs> yes. And, like, and they're so cool and nice and supportive. And, and now she has oh, no and one. you're perfect together. 
And, and he's like, and I don't, she says, I don't know why you're hanging out with us all the time. And he very, very gently is like, oh, Lenny, you don't. Very cool. Very confident. Very Yeah, he's like, sexy. I like you, duh. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. amazing and you're gorgeous and I'm kind of shallow like that. So hot. That's why I've been around. This child is so smooth, Aaron. Yes. <laughs> this child has smooth moves. Smooth child. Listen. Seventeen <laughs> oh, year old Melody was like on the forest floor. Mount me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah liked it. <laughs> so also, her first thought when he says that she's, like, super hot and super cool and super great and he likes her so much, her first oh thought is he thinks that because he's never met <sighs> Bailey. Because oh. she was the cool, hot, fun sister. It's rough. And then she thinks to herself, and I'm kind of glad he's never going to meet Bailey. Yeah. That's and rough. And then, of course, she feels awful about it, even though that's, like, thoughts are weird, everybody. Yeah. Like, that's not what thoughts she meant. happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Anyway, and so then she's like, what about you and Rachel? And he's like, Rachel who? Am only eyes for Lenny. Yeah. And then then she thinks he's going to kiss her, but instead he goes in for the manliest, most comforting Captain Re-hug I've ever Mm. seen in my life. Well, first he undoes her hair like a Bill Compton. He snarls it. He snarls it. <laughs> he snarls oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> and some of what she talks about is how her sister always wore They have this wild black curly hair, and her sister always wore it wild and down, and she always, like, tames it and holds it back in a ponytail. Yeah. And he, he snarls it, man. Oh, and God. And then he does, then he does hold her. Like, he like does that Captain a 17-year-old boy can do. Yeah. No. He did it like a North Korean soldier who is so honorable and has cheekbones you need to dodge. All right? Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a crash landing on you reference. It's all on Patreon. All right. So they walk into the woods more and he's like freaked out by the creaky woods because they're so creaky. (laughs) It's daytime, you weirdo. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, I'm (laughs) totally face planted this morning. And he was like, no. All I heard was emotion and, like, the Hot. depths of your soul and stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. he's He does have it bad. He's got it real bad. They both do. Trumpet and mm. a clarinet bleat. And they're, yes. like, hot for it. Okay, so now she goes back and Toby is now there. His truck is outside and she does a big well, No, panic. they do say they're going to come back sometime on a really windy day. Oh, yeah. To yeah. really hear those redwoods get spooky, you know? Okay. Right. Yeah, to get spooked out by them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, now Toby's there. And it's really, really super awkward. Like, they're both sort of sizing each other up and they don't know mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. And then Graham comes over and she's like, oh, Joe, meet our our dead daughter's Bailey's boyfriend, mm-hmm. Beyonce. And Joe's like, oh, and, okay. And Joe's like, oh, oh, hey, I'm so sorry for what happened. I'm going to play a bunch thought, of like, music now. Yeah. It's like Toby is, it's not just like, oh, there's a guy here and I don't like no. it. Because like Toby's giving him looks and then he's like, wait, 
why is that guy giving me looks? Like, yeah. and he's a young, eligible skater cowboy. So I'm going to give him yeah. looks. And then it's like, why is that guy giving me? So it's like, it's back and forth. Like, what's no, they're going both doing on? like a weird, are you staking claim kind mm-hmm. of situation mm-hmm. at each other? And it's, mm-hmm. it's because they are. And so then Toby's like, I'm going to go. And she's like, I'll walk you out. And Joe's just like strumming on his fucking banjo over there with his brothers. He's just like in there now, flopping all around. Oh yeah. god! And he's batting his eyelashes at his guitar. And then Lenny, he's like, "When can I come back?" And Lenny's like, "After, after work." And I'm like, Lenny. "After work tomorrow, Lenny." Stop it! Stop doing it! Stop! And yet I know why she can't. And yet I, I just, <sighs> uh, I also want them to make out. Ha! <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird. It's weird in my <sighs> whole soul. Yep. So now she says she doesn't feel well and she's going to go upstairs. And so Mm -hmm. Joe follows her. And this smooth as butter child Mm -hmm. is like, hey, (laughs) I hope what I said out there didn't weird you out. And she's like, no, never. I loved what you said out there. And he says, good, because Lenny, I'm going crazy. And then he touches her lip with her his index finger. It's yeah. like a three-second touch. Count them. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, <laughs> one thousand. Index figure, finger on the fucking lips. And then she's like, I don't know what to do. And then he turns around and he walks away without a word. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> it's so good. Yep. I, I'm not okay. All right. So, so then now, we get some mom stuff. She's going through oh, Bailey's wait. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We get some mom stuff, and she also leaves Bailey a voicemail. And, ooh, this <sighs> hit me where I live. And this isn't the first time she's done it. She did it no. back when, too. But this time she says, what What are the companion ponies supposed to do when the racehorse dies? And then she hangs up. And, ooh, mm-hmm. I did this with my dad's voicemail. Way too much. <laughs> she thinks that she wishes she could delete the voicemail so Bailey doesn't hear it. Mm-hmm. Sweet child, she's not checking her voicemail. Like, it's just, oh, uh, it's heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so then we get some mom stuff. She's going through Bailey's stuff, and she sees that she, like, hired a private investigator. Like, she's trying yeah. to find her mom. And it's weird because, like, they used to talk about their mom all the time, and she thought that if if Bailey was really seriously trying to find their mom, that she would tell her. And she's found all of these. She... It, Kind of throughout the book, she's finding all these papers and stuff in her desk where Bailey was very seriously looking for the mother. Yeah. And anyway. And so she she kind of doesn't know how to make heads or tails of that, but she's mm-hmm. just going to sort of keep going on. So now the next day, Joe walks her to work and he talks about like Paris and how they should go and they can like be street buskers and make a bunch of money and drink red mm-hmm. wine and only eat chocolate croissants and make love all night and never sleep because nobody in Paris sleeps and it <laughs> is a big teenage that i loved mhm and then she looks at him and she's like god you're gorgeous and she can't mm-hmm. believe that she just said that out loud oh, oh no uh-huh, but then uh-huh. they kiss and they kiss into the moon Yes. But we don't that, see the This kiss. is where the, the title comes in because like one time her uncle yes. Big told her that the sky goes all the way down. So we're like in the sky now and the sky is everywhere and she never got that because it's like up there. Like, but as what an soon idiot. as Joe Fontaine kisses her. Kisses her, then she she feels it. She feels the sky. She's in the sky. 
It's everywhere. Uh, it's the title of the book. Okay. Also, okay. wait, real quick. Yes. Their very first meeting out on the porch where he was trying to get her to play with him, he mm-hmm. did say out loud, I had this vision of us holding hands like in a meadow and then just like flying off into the sky together yes. because she yes. likened him to her favorite Saint Joe of Casparilla or something. She loves saints who for did some reason. Do levitation. Yeah. Listen. He's already been, like, doing a big romance at her for a while, and now they finally kissed. Okay, but then the same exact day, after work, Toby is there in Bailey and her room, and he is sitting on her bed, and without a fucking word, she walks toward him, he walks toward her, and it is on but it's also so fucking hot like they are frantically making out and tearing each other's clothes off and just like trying to feel something that's not bailey's death but then cannot 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 john lennon are you home oh fuck balls frantic getting dressed get all the clothes on getting all the clothes on and then this can't uh, happen anymore please we can't do this and he's mm-hmm. like, I just can't stop thinking about you. And she's like, it's not it's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm not her. She tells Toby, we have to stop. It doesn't it doesn't make me feel better anymore. Like it, yes. it's making me feel worse now. It like now before I was feeling kind of like closer to her. It doesn't make me miss her less, is what she's saying. Now it makes me miss her more and we have yeah. to stop. Oof. And he's kinda like, Yeah, I get it. And then Joe comes in. And before he sees Toby in there, he basically, like, shouts down the hall, oh, my gosh, come over tonight. We're going to have the house all to ourselves, basically. Mm -hmm. And then he sees Toby in there, and he's like, huh. And she's like, oh, we were just going through Bailey stuff. Just doing bereaved things. Just doing really chaste um, death grief. Yeah. So doing death grief. Roll sad stuff in here. And then Toby does just skateboard away. Yeah, he does. He's like, I was leaving anyway. Oh, man. And then, like, whiplash, man. Then she goes to Joe's house. Well, wait, because he's, like, he's about to ask her. He's like, is there anything? And she's like, Mm -hmm. make out with my face so that you don't finish your question. yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. boy. And so then they do that big make out. And when he's all dazzled and dazed and stuff, she's like, yes, I will come to your house. So she Mm -hmm. gets dressed up and goes over there. Mm -hmm. And she sees his whole beautiful house in Maison Fontaine. My God, I can't. It's so French. And she goes into his room and it's like a bomb went off in there. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. And he gets all Just so much amps. And, like, just oh, so God. many guitars and amps. Many, and, like, many instruments. So much speakers and, like, Ugh. instruments. And, like, just, like, <laughs> just all his music that he writes. Handwritten you know? sheet music strewn <laughs> about the floor. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so uh-huh. she's like, wow, this is a thing. And he's like, yeah, I wanted to kind of wait to show you this until. And she's like, until what? And until he's what? Like, no, I, no, never mind. And I, she's like, no, 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 know. until what? <laughs> He's like, until maybe you decided that you liked me a little bit. And she's like, I like you a lot. And then, boy, they kiss again. And then she says something like, we have to stop kissing or I think the earth is going to explode. Yeah. And then he's like, we could go do something else then. And (sighs) then he goes to get wine because he's very French. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) she sees a journal. (laughs) 
I just this if somebody wrote down the plot of this book and like <laughs> all the things he is and all the things she is and this family and everything, I would just be like, Bleh, no. Yeah. And yet, this is one of the best books I've ever read. Yeah. And man, God, yes, he is so so <laughs> French. I just hate it. <laughs> uh, okay. okay, okay. So she sees a journal that he's written, and she's like, oh. You're you're writing journals too, and she mm-hmm. reads it, and it's like JL is so heartbroken, and I just want to make her feel better, and she's so honest, and she's nothing mm-hmm. like Genevieve. I would like to say, yes, if you have the Kindle, if you have a Kindle Paperwhite, and okay. you are trying to read this book, you cannot read anything handwritten yeah. in the book. Did you have this problem? I did. I can't. Yeah. I can't read it at all. Mm-hmm. So I actually had to go listen to the Audible mm-hmm. to get this these portions and also the notes that the grandmother later writes. And just so you know, I didn't. So I listened to the audio, and the audio narrator pronounces Genevieve in such a crazy French way. It's Genevieve. Genevieve. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, my God. And then, like, later, then when I was back to reading, I was like, the fuck is Genevieve? Like, I thought he was with some, like, <laughs> Genevieve. <laughs> it took entirely too long for me to figure out that Genevieve and Genevieve were the same person. Like, like way too long. And also... I missed the first time that the Jeep was named Ennui. So when I was listening to the audio, I was like, God, she's overusing that word and in weird ways. Like, Ennui yeah, we'll rolled jump up on the curb. <laughs> I heard Ennui, like, pulling into my driveway. And I'm like, what a weird way to use that strange French word. And then what a weird to way back. to talk about that emotion. Because yeah, I was thinking about, like, this is something I need to bring up on the show because it is so weird how often she uses it. And so I did a search for ennui in the book mm-hmm. to be like, this is the French doors of this French book. And then I was like, oh, it's the name of the Jeep, which is honestly worse. Worse. It's worse. What? <laughs> It's worse for Aaron. <laughs> At least it's the character doing it and not the author. I was like, oh, yeah, I get it for that insufferable girl. Her name yeah, and her Jeep on completely. But anyway, um, so uh, predictably, unsurprising, surprising right? no one, the French was confusing <laughs> for me in this <laughs> That really came and out of left is, field, Aaron. Again, my trauma, not yours. <laughs> not your fault, Dandy. <laughs> Miss Nelson, you're perfect in every way. You're fine. You're yeah, perfect. you're great. Okay, so now they are like laying on the lawn and they're getting drunk. And he's like, I've never felt like this before in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And she's like, me neither. And he asks if she's ever been in, in love before. And she's like, no. And he's like, I maybe have been, but I don't really know. And then he tells her all about Genevieve and she... Mm-hmm. You know, blah, 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 blah. No, that's very important. Oh, you're right. Jean-Vive you're right. Slash Genevieve. Yeah. He found her making out with her roommate or something. With his she cheated roommate. on him. With his roommate. And um, then it was, he never spoke to her again. Or the roommate. He never spoke to either of them again. Because 
<laughs> because you never cross a horn player. You never cross a horn player. <laughs> Can we read that whole section? Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. We have to read that whole section. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It made me so happy. Okay, ready? Yeah. All right. So he's like, "Oh, moral of the story: never date a violinist," because that's what um, Genevieve was. And she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, what about clarinetists?" He smiles, the most soulful. He trails a finger across my face, forehead to cheek to chin, then down my neck. Holy fuck balls, this smooth child. And this so beautiful. Good. Oh mm-hmm. my, I totally get why King Edward VIII of England abdicated his throne for love. If I had a throne, I'd abdicate it just to relive the last three seconds. And horn players, I ask, entwining my fingers with his. He shakes his head. Crazy hellions, steer clear. All or nothing types. No middle ground for the blowhards. Uh-oh, it says. It literally mm-hmm. says, uh-oh. uh-oh. And then it says, never want to cross a horn player, he adds flippantly. But I don't hear it flippantly. I can't believe I lied to him Oh, uh, yeah, because she was just fucking, like, tits out for Toby. Humping Toby. Humping he had his hand down her pants. In her moments pants. Moments ago. Yeah. Yep. And she's like, I have to stay away from Toby, far away. And then she goes, I didn't know you horn guys were so scary. And she goes, and guitarists? He says, you tell me. Hmm, let me think. Homely and boring and, of course, talentless. He cracks up. I'm not done. But they make up mm-hmm. for it with, oh, they make up for all of that because they're so, so passionate. Oh, God, he whispers, reaching his hand behind my neck and bringing it to my lips. Or bringing my lips to his. Let's let the whole fucking world explode this time. And we do. It was hot. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to say this might be divisive. Okay. But here's, I'm just going to say it. You got Clarinetists the are there. weird. They're weird. <laughs> and they're not any of these things. And you know what? I'm sorry, clarinetist listener. You're weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's true. I like some weird people. I like weirdos. That's fine. Aaron likes yeah, you're weird. Listen. Maybe maybe it's because I'm a stuck-up flute player. Maybe that's true. Maybe She's it's because fl- I'm a I'm flute sorry. person. I think you're a flautist, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe that's it. But all you clarinetists, weird. All of you are Weirdos. quiet and weird and strange and weird. <laughs> okay. That's how all that's right. – and not – no. Weird. Soulful what, – what did he say? No, none of these. Soulful none of beautiful these. is what he well, said. Sure, uh, you're being listener, beautiful. I but bet you're that too. Yeah, you're probably beautiful. But you okay. know, weird though. <laughs> okay, we <laughs> are moving on before we get hate mail from clarinetists. We are getting here, listen, we're gonna probably lose some clarinetists, but we're gonna gain a lot of other people who were in band that are like <laughs> the rest yes. of the band. <laughs> yes. We're glad somebody finally said it. They're weird over there. Wow, the Aaron, you're brave. Yeah. This is bravery yes, in you. action. Thank you. This hey, is and courageous. you know what, clarinetists? If you're still listening, not as weird as oboes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> not the worst. <laughs> and hey, hey there, oboe. Hi, oboe. Not as bad as a French horn. There you oh. go. That's the bottom of the bucket. <laughs> That's the weirdest kid band is the French horns. Okay. okay. I, I know right. nothing about a high school band, so I guess I I'll have to just take your word for it. The All hierarchy, right. according to Aaron, <laughs> uh-huh. of just a weirdness, you know, not of yeah, worth, yeah. you know. Mm. No, completely. All right. Okay, so now they have a whole scene with Sarah. She tells 
Sarah, all about Joe, but not about the crazy makeout uh, pants down the pants with Toby. Well, it didn't go great the first time she told Sarah that she made out with Toby. Yeah, it didn't go great. You're right. Yeah. And now Toby is back at her house and she's like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go up to my room to avoid him. But when she's up there, she finds a notebook like with even more evidence that her sister was looking for their mom. Mm -hmm. She's like, what the fuck? So she goes down and she talks to him and she's like, what do you know why this was happening? Because she didn't talk to me about it. And he's like, oh, I wasn't going to tell you. It's going to make it so much worse. Mm -hmm. And so then she forces him to tell her. And Bailey was pregnant. They were going to mm-hmm. have a baby and they and were And that's really why they were going to get married it. so quick. Yeah. They were going to tell everybody like the next day or something. Yeah. It's, it's rough. Very sad. It's and again, tragic. I really thought he was going to be like, we were breaking up or I did not think she was going to be pregnant. Yeah. Oh, wait. I think I skipped ahead. You may have. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, so now. The truth of the situation is we are halfway through this book. This shouldn't be a two-parter, but it is, Erin. It is. We did it. We did it. Listener, we did it. I'm sorry. I really thought it wasn't going to be this time. I thought this time we were going to have our shit together, but it turns out we just love talking too much. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see you for part two. Yeah, we've gotten a couple of good makeouts, a couple of illicit makeouts, a couple of big romance makeouts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Good stuff is happening over here. A lot of deep, soulful grieving that is Uh just very good, very hard, very good. Teen, teen angst. Oh yeah, a lot of teen angst and self-importance, delusions of grandeur. Lots of that. All right, Aaron, do you have a lady love? (sighs) I've got one. My lady love is a bowl of berries. A giant <laughs> bowl of berries. <laughs> She's literally holding it up because it's what she looked at. No, but I'm serious. This whole recording, mm-hmm. I have been enjoying this incredibly giant, incredibly good bowl of strawberries and blueberries. And I have been the happiest. Part of it is talking to you, of course. But the other part of it is these absolutely succulent berries. That's my lady love. (laughs) What's your lady love, Erin? You know what's funny is how I see, since I'm still on Facebook, I screen all of the people who come into the cult. Yeah. Are the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult, which is our Facebook group. And so we ask three questions for you to come into the cult. You would not believe the number of people who click join and then answer no questions. Mm -hmm. Like 20 a day. It's nuts. Yeah. But one of them is, what's your favorite segment? And so many of them say lady loves. Really? And boy, have I just been winging it for like a year. (laughs) Just looking at stuff in my room and just being like... Computers are my scissors are my lady love. Like, man, I have just been just phoning that in for a really long time and just bamboozling these women and a couple of men. Some men. Meh. Yeah. The occasional man. Some non-binary people. Yeah. Yes, and, and many theys. Very few men. <laughs> Mostly women and theys. Yeah. And 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 two men, maybe. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. All right. Is yours haircuts? No. Mm-mm. Oh, you look really good. We've we've said haircuts so many times. It's good for your soul. 
<sighs> oh my god, I just was listening to our coverage of Killing Me Softly for a different project. Mm-hmm. And I just remembered how that alien did say, I have to go get my hair trimmed. Oh, yes. <laughs> made me really happy. Yes. Oh, anyway. God. That's when she's wearing that blue scarf. Yeah. It's supposed to be a metaphor. Oh, God. I love that movie. <laughs> um, okay. God, I just haven't been enjoying anything in so long. It's going to yeah. be okay. It's going to be okay. What do we got? What do we got? Hey, Aaron, it's okay if you don't have one. Okay. If that's, I don't. What, if that's what life is like right now, let's yeah. just, I just, don't let's have just be honest about it. Hey, you know what? Being honest about how you take no enjoyment <laughs> in anything anymore. Yeah. That's my lady love. There just you go. shout it proud. <laughs> I haven't enjoyed anything in weeks. Just, just tell, just say it. Just yep. say it. Yeah. Yesterday, I ate half a thing of ice creams. Didn't enjoy one bite. Kept going. <laughs> Kept going. Been Took no there. pleasure from it. Because I thought, I thought maybe I should say that flavors of ice cream, which is, eh. you know what? I'm not even going to say the brand because I get made fun of every time I say it. But you know what? That brand, the like double chocolate moose tracks, and I ate like all of it. But there I wasn't going to use as my lady love because I did not enjoy it. <laughs> I'm honest. That's right. You're just that moment where you're standing there just going, maybe the next bite is the one that'll really do it. (laughs) It's going to help. The next bite's going to help. Something has to help. Oh, man. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, you can find us on all the places. We're on we're on Instagram at heaving bosoms. Twitter is at heaving underscore bosoms. I am more on Twitters and Instagrams than I am. We do have Facebooks though. We have a page and we have a group. The group is super happy. I just can't do Facebook anymore. That is it's, the heaving bosoms it's geriatric stuff, guys. cult. Our Twitter is going to have our hot takes. It's oh yeah, have our funny jokes and our hot takes. Yep. The Instagram has really funny videos that are made by Mary and little quotes and cartoons and all kinds of stuff that Natalie puts together for us. Yep. That don't appear on the Twitter and the and the hot takes don't appear on the Instagram and the stuff you get from the cult is totally different. That's camaraderie and friends and man, the, the meetups are like quietly starting to start again Ooh. a little bit in different places where it's okay to do that. Like so. People are you making get lots real of book life wrecks friends. There. Yeah. Book wrecks. Yeah. So, like, really, I'm not just trying to be, you know, like a self promoting asshole when I say you really need to follow all of them because it's different content. Yeah. That's we all. we design it that way. It's where mm-hmm. it's what fits best in each mm-hmm. of the medias. And don't sleep on the website, you know? Oh, man. It's all kinds of like the deals the the historical romance retreat you'll find there and the newsletter don't sleep on the new that's a whole different thing you can get author features and giveaways and sneak peeks of stuff all kinds of stuff in the newsletter yeah you can do that on the website patreon is through the website yeah get get that patreon patreon is a metric fuck ton of bonus content and Mm -hmm. sneak peeks and book clubs and trivia i'm excited yeah, it's it's fun shit. So that's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast. And keep being a badass. <sighs> and love yourself as much as you love clearing the space, clearing the afternoon to write a poem. <laughs> <laughs>
Love yourself as much as you love writing that poem and locking it away forever. Locking it away. And then being mad at the boy who doesn't know that you wrote the poem about him. It just continues his life. Yeah, love yourself that much. That is a lot of love. Love yourself as much as you love being fully consumed with your aim away message. (laughs) And like sitting there waiting for someone to say something about it. Aaron, I've noticed that your <laughs> aim away message is kind of cryptic. Like, what's Those that about? Are... And then you're like, so glad they asked. But then you're like, it's nothing, Heather. God, it's just some random Jeez. lyrics. It's definitely not about Jason or whatever. You know? <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.